0: We're putting the band back together.
1: From the Twisted Minds, we brought you the original Fanball. We had a fan time with enough turn goat piss in the gasoline. This is the Fanball Fantasy Football Podcast. If you're dumb...
2: Surround
0: yourself with smart people. And if you're smart, surround yourself with smart people who disagree with you. And welcome back to another episode of the Fanball Fantasy Football Podcast. As Jay <laughs> lips or <her, her laughs> mimes along with what I'm saying. I just like you-
1: the way you say that. You know? <laughs> Podcast.
0: Podcast. Well, I'm sitting here with Jay Clemens, obviously. How are you doing, Jay?
1: I am doing fine. Thank you for asking. And I'm sitting here as well with
0: John Tooby. How are you doing, sir? Shoveled and gruntled. <laughs> Still. Yes. That's how you were on Friday. Nothing has changed. You all don't
2: we- want me disheveled or disgruntled, that's for sure.
0: Oh, man. You watched all that football. You figure your mood would have changed a little bit. Uh, it, it, it ebbed and flowed. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about what happened. So Amari Cooper got a bunch of red zone targets last week. Couldn't pull many of them down, just one of them. So they decided, let's go with Michael Crabtree, who then scores three touchdowns. What do you think about that, Jay? <laughs>
1: uh, I had him ranked number nine for the week. And as I wrote today in uh, the Revelations that have been up for a couple hours, when I give somebody nine, number nine ranking, I'm essentially giving you the equivalent of five catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown, okay? The advantage of these 4 o'clock games, even though we had five of them yesterday was pretty cool, even with the delay, uh, we had a lot going on. Like, Crabtree was open every time he wanted the ball, he got it. Mm -hmm. And uh, he had, what, six catches, 80 yards, three touchdowns. Could have been a fourth, but they were up by 29 points in the fourth quarter, and they literally called off the dogs. Uh, uh, The Jets are a work in progress. And <laughs> yeah. just seeing this made me think that you know I've been saying this for a year and a half that as much as I love Amari Cooper's athleticism and all, all that stuff that Michael Crabtree is the better fantasy guy, and yesterday just kind of proved that I'm I'm not trying to knock Cooper I really I'm really not trying to be that way, but Crabtree last 24 outings guys he has he has reached the easily well not easily but the uh, the marks of 85 yards and or one touchdown 16 times Jeez. in that span he's had nine different times of double digit targets and he's now had two games of three touchdowns where on the flip side Cooper did not have a 100-yard game in November, December or January of last year for his career he has caught fewer or fewer four or fewer passes 16 different times he has collected double-digit targets only twice in his career. And as I pointed out last week when we celebrated him, that the proof would be in the pudding for week two because he, in his career, now granted, it's a, it's a short career, he has never scored a touchdown in consecutive games. Unreal. So you put it all together, and I'm, I'm shocked and I'm, I'm almost mad at myself for underplaying how well I thought Crabtree would did because I thought number nine was good, but I should have gone four or five.
0: Yeah, what do you what do you think, John? It's it, it really has come to the point where Cooper is ultra talented. I kind of wonder if that's giving Crabtree maybe the easier cornerback from time to time and and some more open looks. Uh, I I don't know. He just for quite a while now, as Jay said, he's been out producing and more consistent.
1: Can I say one thing before two b times in here? You what you just said though. The perception is out there that Cooper's the better guy. They're going against the Redskins this week. It'll be interesting to see. If they, you, how, how many you know snaps Josh Norman takes Cooper versus Crabtree? Go ahead, Jake. Right.
2: Well, I, I was going to you know uh, follow along with that point that Cooper may be drawing uh, a little bit more attention, but you know I don't I don't think you can go into a game against the Raiders and say we're going to take away Amari Cooper and we're going to let Michael Crabtree beat us because like you said he's been proving it for mm-hmm. the better part of the last two years that he can do that. What I found interesting was to go back. To what happened last week, and then up until Marshawn Lynch finally got in the end zone, was the Raiders continuing to throw close to the goal line. I mean, they're you, you aren't going to be able to just gear up and, and stop Marshawn Lynch w- once they get inside the five. Um, you know they'll go to Cooper. Yeah, maybe not as much now that he's had the uh, the copious drops. You know they'll go to Crabtree. Uh, we were kind of uh, all. On board the Jared Cook bandwagon, and uh, I think the fact that the game got out of hand early limited the number of of looks he was going to get. But that's a that's just a multifaceted offense. And then they throw in the uh, Cordero Patterson handoff. Yeah. yeah, I mean they're doing some fun stuff in Oakland. I'm excited.
1: There's a difference between multifaceted and one that gets respect. I still maintain that the the Chiefs, Chargers, and Broncos are better than the Raiders because at the end of the day, the Raiders have three guys that you can count on, and Cooper is one of those three, so maybe it's two and a half men right there that you can count on, where the other teams in that division just seem to have more diverse options. Uh, you know, it's great that Patterson had a nice touchdown and, and Richard looked good, but you just can't count on these guys every no. week, and so no. I still believe that the Raiders are not as deep as people think they are in a... Things play that I know we're not talking about it, but I'm looking at the box score right now. But Bilal Powell had six touches yesterday, completely healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to just stop assuming that he is the the best player maker on that team because it, it, it's sad what's happening. So, yeah,
0: it, it is with those Jets. Well, that that division. Is one of the toughest in the NFL that the Chiefs Raiders, if not the toughest, the, the, Ch- it is. It is yeah. yeah, the Chiefs Raiders. No, the Broncos. Chargers, I heard somebody Chargers.
1: say today they're the NFL's best 0 2 team. Well, they might have been one of the NFL's best 1 1 teams had they won the game. How many know? times
0: has it felt like we've said stuff like that about the Chargers? Like they're the best 2 and 6 team. Like it, it feels like <laughs> there's been a lot of years we've, we've said that. They're they consistently are talented but uh seem to seem to lose games it's weird
2: i think it's but, because their their kicker's mispronouncing his own name it, it can't be
0: young way not the way it's spelled
2: <laughs> not for someone with as juvenile a sense of humor as me uh, i'm not going with young way
0: well let's move over to a team that is just the opposite they have looked not very good at all but they're two and oh the panthers uh the panthers offense has looked shaky the team has looked a little rough, but they do have two wins. Uh, next week, they will look for three wins up against the Saints, who I'm not sure actually play defense.
2: <laughs> well, here's the thing about Carolina is if you give them time, we, we knew as, there was going to be some growing pains because they were changing over their offense and, and what they wanted to do just based on the personnel that they drafted. If you give them time to figure it out, and and let them win while they're doing it i mean if they go three and one four and oh through the first month of the season and then they figure out what we've got in christian McCaffrey and how we can best put him to use they're going to be an incredibly dangerous team in that division and now with with greg olson out for potentially half the season i think you're going to see even more christian McCaffrey. i mean he only he only touched the ball 12 times yesterday. Mm-hmm. I think that you're going to see that go up. I think you're going to see Stewart's touches go up, and uh, I think he, sc- Scott Fish is, is very concerned that uh, Devin Funch is going to see his touches go up as well.
1: Can I uh, bring a counter-argument to this? Since I know Fish did not plan what we were going to talk about today based on what I wrote, but I did write about this. Uh, this was the final thing, and normally the final thing is something that's rather good and pertinent and uh, zingerish, that kind of stuff. Uh Here's the deal. The Panthers have allowed only three points in both games. Now, granted, they weren't playing juggernaut offenses, okay? Hmm. But with Cam Newton nursing his shoulder, you know, like he's getting a little better and throwing the ball, things like that. And Greg Olson out, there's two ways they can do this. They can either completely redesign the offense in terms of tempo and make the focal points uh, McCaffrey, Kelvin Benjamin, and rookie Curtis Samuel, who I like very much. Or they can go the conservative route and try to invoke even more ball-controlled, time-consuming possessions featuring the likes of Jonathan Stewart and people like that. I tend to think since they've only given up three points that they're going to go the opposite way. So as much as I like McCaffrey, I actually have it on one headline. You might as well consider trading him for $0.85 on the dollar because – if, if, you know, you can say all you want about him being this dynamic back, but he had 1.2 yards rushing yesterday, mm-hmm. okay? If you put another one on the decimal, it would have been 1.21 gigawatts. It would have been, you know, it would have been, you know, about the same. And uh, so while I get the excitement level, keep in mind, this guy was drafted in round two, early round three of PPR drafts, and you're not even getting close to that value. So now is the time to jump ship because the, the, the Panthers aren't going to all of a sudden open it up. They're gonna they're gonna go even more conservative.
0: Uh, man, I honestly with the Saints coming into town, that's interesting to say. Here, take him before this amazing matchup. Oh, and okay, the, no, the no. Other, if you
1: want to wait this weekend, I well, will I know. I'm just that. saying. Yeah, there's but... two
0: ways to look at it. Wait, wait, and see if he can have a huge game, or give him to another owner and say, "Here, you get him for this huge game." You know, that's the thing. <laughs> you
1: could do. You're, you're, when I say 85 cents on the dollar, I mean 85. cents it do, don't take anything less than that. Like, right. get, you know, um, like, it's well, like hold firm in what you what you perceive as a good trade.
0: The Saints have allowed the most receptions to running backs in the first two games, and the most yards. I thought that was the Patriots' deal.
1: No. <laughs>
0: well, the the so far through two games, the Saints and the Falcons have both allowed 19 receptions to running backs, which is which is just unreal. Um, and both those uh, teams will eventually be seeing Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, uh, uh, another
2: another thing to add is you're trying to up that trade price.
0: I will say, I will say one more thing about the the Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Stewart. The Saints have only allowed two 100-yard rushers over the last 24 games. They're they're not they're not giving up massive chunks to running backs. However, guys like DeFonta Freeman, David Johnson, who are studs, have, have torn them up you know on what? both sides. It, it
1: kind of feels like outside of the shooting, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you enjoy the play there? Like the, the <laughs> Saints have so many things wrong with them yes. that a guy getting 100 rushing yards is the least priority. Because I know. They can pick <laughs> they them apart pass in, every, in every possible
0: Yes, way. which brings right. you to the wide receivers. Actually,
1: that, can I say one thing real quick since we're talking yeah. about Carolina? Uh, we've never heard it on this podcast, but when I work with Fox Sports and Sports Illustrated all the time, I would rail against the grass. At Carolina Stadium, it is—it's—I it, used to cover games for the ACC. It is the thickest grass grass I've ever seen before in my life. Slows people it down. intentionally slows people down. Christian McCaffrey was not designed for this grass. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> man, yet another reason. Yeah. Pair that with yeah. Cam's short yardage passing, and they really—they really, <laughs> they, they really well, took like an interesting chance.
1: Yard passing average of seven point one yards or something like oh, that. Oh man. And
0: well, no, just his fifty-eight oh, percent. Okay. Well, I don't know what he is this year. I should I was check that out. Yeah. yeah. So. um The Saints have allowed five 300-yard passers over their last seven games and a mind-boggling 19 passing touchdowns over the last eight games, which is a lot. That's like almost two and a half. So how much do you like Cam Newton to finally have a bounce back? He's averaging 200 yards a game right Uh, now.
1: I haven't done my rankings yet, but I'm guessing he's going to be in that 12 to 16 range even with a good matchup. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: 322-2 322-2 and two in Week 6 against the Saints.
1: Do that was a healthy Cam Newton, though, at the yeah, time. 192-1 in the follow-up. He's Ooh. not even close to being there. Um, and frankly, if the preseason were still going on right now, I don't think you'd be seeing him a lot. Like I, I'm, I'm still not sold that he's completely ready but he's good enough where he can kind of run around and fake it.
2: Three of his last four, he's been over 300 yards against the Saints. Yeah. All right,
1: let,
0: let's, play, let's play a fun game here. <laughs> Cam Newton, let's say he throws 30 passes. I think that's fair against the Saints.
1: Uh, he had no. 25 week I'm gonna one. S- I'm going to say way under. Really? If they get a lead, they're just going to sit on it. Okay, you know?
0: fine, 25. He had 25 week sure, one. Sure, I, sure. I, I don't see any quarterback throwing for less than 25. Let's say 25. Where do those targets go with Greg Olsen out?
1: <sighs> but I'm, I'm kind of with Tuvia. I think Funches will get his share. I, I don't think they're <sighs> automatically going to go to McCaffrey. Uh, I like Kelvin Benjamin, and Benjamin was, he's still the preferred guy in the red zone. I like Funches. I want to hear numbers,
0: man. Try, try to break it up by numbers. Just take a guess.
1: <laughs> well, how many? Were, 20, 25
0: targets. No, yeah, but available. how many was
1: going to Olsen a game? Maybe six to eight? I think you're going to see a three way split there of nine targets let's just say it's nine targets interesting of of three going to Funches three going to McCaffrey and the other three going to Benjamin you know i've this got
2: seven Benjamin five Funches four to Ed Dixon six to McCaffrey and then Two to Curtis Samuel and one to Russell Shepard. Well, this is okay. sometimes kind of what <laughs> we
1: got right segment for next week. You know? I mean, that is only only, specific right only there. seven. Yeah.
0: That's what I was looking for, though. Only seven to Benjamin. That's interesting. Well, so, he had eight
2: this week. Of course, he I was know. he was in and out of the game a little bit here.
0: Yeah, I think he only has twelve or thirteen over the first two weeks. Um, but yeah, I, I just figured there might be a little bit of an uptick there with uh, with Olson out, and maybe even an uptick from McCaffrey. Uh, with all snow for that short yardage, but let, let's move on. Let's let's move on from a team that we we're just talking about with no tight end next week, I, unless you want to count Ed Dixon. And let's talk about how much the Browns are getting destroyed by tight ends. <laughs> They've allowed nine tight ends over fifty yards in their last eighteen games. They allowed Benjamin Watson to have eight for ninety-one this week. Wow. They allowed Jesse James to score twice last week. Uh, Jack Doyle is he number, your number one tight end for this upcoming week?
2: <laughs> I don't know why why you wouldn't be, and and you kind of glossed over a little bit. Uh, it, it wasn't just Benjamin Watson as a as a team. The Ravens had thir- they went thirteen for thirteen Ooh. on targets to tight ends, and with a, a total of one hundred and twenty one yards. Jeez. Four for four to uh, Max Williams, one for one to Nick Boyle. So oh, man. they are absolutely uh, and and. With uh, what what you saw between uh, Jacoby Brissett and and Jack Doyle, he certainly feels comfortable throwing to him. Yeah, I think he's w- without having looked at the the full slate uh, of games, really have an idea of where they're going to rank. I think Doyle starts in my top five, and then we see where we move him up from there.
0: Jay, what do you think about tight ends versus the Browns? Are they like an automatic throw in your lineup at this point?
1: I think so. Now we're we're getting to that. Uh, remember that reputation the Vikings had. About four or five years ago, where everyone was scoring against them, I like Benjamin Watson. He, we was a favorite of mine with the Saints, but I had him, I think, twenty six for the week, and that was a cursory kind of ranking there. Thinking that you know he's you know so. I'm optimistic that he'll be okay, but in terms of going against the Browns, yeah, I think now you who unless it's some gar- tomato can, you got to give that guy a top twelve ranking every week. This
0: yeah. is this is interesting because Gronk, Kelsey, Reed, Ertz are all over six thousand. Doyle is forty three hundred this week on mm.
1: football. Well, what,
2: in looking at the up Browns' upcoming schedule, the week after that, if Eifert is out, um, it's it's the Bengals. It's uh, mm. CJ Ozoma.
0: Maybe <laughs> as as
2: your bargain play. And then here's what I'm circling on my calendar. Week five. Austin Safarian Jenkins.
0: Oh boy. He's off suspension. Off this week.
2: suspension and against the Browns. Right now, I'm again I'm starting with Austin Safarian Jenkins in my top five tight ends in week five. And and then we'll <laughs> nice. move him up from there.
1: I know you guys don't read everything I wrote, but you may recall a couple weeks ago when I was doing the track record of tight ends in week one, the last three years. Granted, he's on suspension, but Safirian Jenkins, to my shock and awe and amazement and all that stuff, ranked number two in PPR points if you just do it like the, the normal scale of PPR points. Um, so there is value in him for sure. Oh, way. wow. Yeah,
0: it's Browns tight ends. It's, or Tight ends against the Browns. It just seems to be a
1: straight-up so money. So you're going to have Jack Doyle it. number one? Uh, no, probably did not. You, being, did you watch the game facetious. on Red Zone at all? Uh, I think it was Daryl Johnston and Kenny Albert doing the game. Gerald Moose Johnston made many references to the chemistry that Jacoby Brissett injector yeah. already have. Yep, yep. That I—it's one of those little things where you tuck away and you kind of like blow it off at first, where you think that. he's just yep. being nice. But there were some back shoulder throws. When you have a back shoulder throw to a tight end that you just met the week before, you gotta you gotta yeah. take something of that into account.
0: Brissett for being on the roster 15 days does not look bad at all. <laughs> I mean. I, I I think uh, you know he doesn't look great, but for for how short he's been with that offense, I, you know, there's there's some promise there over the next few weeks.
2: You're saying Andrew Luck is going to be Wally Pipped? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Luck's job is
1: is gone. Whiteboard now. right now. No, I I do like the tr- I admire the trade that they made. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um. And Dorsett, you know, the third wide receiver in New England. They shouldn't have drafted it Dorsett hurt again. Isn't it? that was they too high? Sh- they should not, not have drafted him in the first place. At the time, the Colts needed reinforcements on the offensive line we or still defense. Do. <laughs> and they were <laughs> like they, they were like we're gonna sign luck to this huge deal but let's just satisfy the guy by the bearded wonder by just getting him another toy to play <laughs> with when you didn't need it you know and uh I'm sorry. You know, yeah. you do, you're not drafting kick returners in the first round, even if it's the very last pick in the first round.
2: Somebody yeah. didn't tell the Vikings that with Cordero Patterson. <laughs> hey now. Hey now.
1: I
0: still like <laughs> Patterson. I, he's so good. with he's the ball in his hands. I know. But, but why?
2: Why can't he be Ty Montgomery? I mean, why? I,
0: just, just, just saying. If Lynch saying. gets
1: injured, maybe we'll see it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. well,
2: I don't know. Jalen Richard looked pretty good. I was wondering why he couldn't have been Ty Montgomery in Minnesota. Do you remember yeah. a
1: couple of years ago that they had a fantasy commercial where they actually filled the at Georgia Dome, uh, you know, when I was living there at the time, where it had Demarius Thomas, Jamal Charles, LaShawn McCoy, and Cordero Patterson were the four guys that were in the commercial? And I just looked at it and I go, one of these four aren't like <laughs> the other. Like, uh, it, it, it was absurd that he I had such Patterson a good rookie. Year, everyone's them. like, <laughs> just wait till they figure out how to use him. Well,. No one really knows how to use them, so
0: yeah. here we are. Maybe the Raiders can figure it out sometime this year. But let's go on to a, a fun little final segment that uh, might even help you with some waiver wire ads this week on in your regular leagues, and many of them have good prices on fanball. So uh, a little game we're going to call Real or Mirage, just a bunch of players that have broken out the first two weeks of the season here, wow. maybe just last week, and... Uh, see if we think they're actually legit, if they're real, or if uh, if it's just, you know, a Frisman Jackson thing. <laughs> so let's uh, start with J.J. Nelson. Six touchdowns over his final seven games, his last seven games. A touchdown each, week, each game this week. He's sixth in the NFL in receiving. Is
1: I, it real? I will go real. Um, they don't have anybody else to throw to. Larry Fitzgerald is a hit or miss commodity at this point in his life where you know sometimes he'll rise up and do really well and i know he had 100 receptions last year but he's still hit or miss for the most part and um i just don't have any respect for even when john brown was healthy i was kind of like eh. and jaron brown i know he led in targets yesterday congratulations to that but you know know, i'm a big targets guy, as you know but when you get four of catch four of your 11 it Eleven targeted balls. It's like it didn't even happen. So, uh, like, I'm one hundred percent in the pool for J.J. Nelson. Nice, John.
0: I'm out.
2: I'm out. out? It's a, congratulations. That is you, you beat the Lions and hey, the Colts. They lost to the Lions. Or okay, you you yeah, you scored touchdowns against the Lions and the Colts. Uh, now you get Dallas, San Francisco. There's maybe another one there. Philly, Tampa Bay, the Rams. And this offense is—they're missing two starting linemen. Um, they don't have anything going on in the in the backfield. I'm a big Larry Fitzgerald fan, but he looks slow. He's almost—you know—he's almost Jermaine Gresham now at this point. It's—it's not—it's not going to be a offense I want to depend on. It's almost like J.J. Nelson is a guy that we'll talk about a little bit later. The the best of a bad lot. Um, he'll get his, but I'm not banking on him. Yeah, not I, on a week to week. I think basis. that
0: consistency is going to go away. Um, John Brown can't stay healthy, so he might get the volume some weeks. But for me, they just had two of their easier matchups. <laughs> they they have a lot of hard matchups down the road, and I'm a little scared to trust in him. But he is 4,800 on Fanball this week. He he'll probably remain cheap a lot of the year, I would think, unless he really starts producing. I I would lean Mirage, but I I do kind of like him a little bit, but. Uh, let's move on to your favorite player of all time, John, Chris Thompson.
2: Nice. I love me some Chris Thompson. He's he's legit, and, and I'm kicking myself because – Three carries. I Well, it's not just the carries. It's the receptions. And yep. I've I made a living off of him. Most of my leagues uh, that I play in season long are PPR. And so when you need a running back, you go with a guy that catches the passes. And, and I would pick him up at the – end of a drafter auction for dirt cheap and you know and he'd consistently get you the four for 40 you know five for 50 you know just a, a decent sort of afternoon and now he's scoring touchdowns and they're giving it to him you know that he's not going to get five carries a game but He's looking. He's looking really good. I I am fully on board any Chris Thompson hype bandwagon that that is being driven.
0: And Rob Kelly now injured.
2: And Rob Kelly hurt. I you know that's going to open the door for P Ryan a little bit. But again, it, you know what that split is going to be. Yep. You know that his floor is you know a five catch forty yard day, plus the added bonus of they're giving him the ball a handful of times yep. when it matters and and he's doing something with it.
0: Yeah, he, he is finally showing that explosiveness that I saw in him at Florida State before his injury. Jay, Chris Thompson, real or fake? Well, I'm writing rush. about
1: him right now for the injury report. Um, let's be honest with ourselves. The, the first touchdown should not have counted. And I, I, I don't understand. What's the point of Fox having two replay guys, uh, Mike, uh, Mike Pereira <laughs> and Dean Blandino, if neither of them can see that? He was clearly out of bounds on that. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, if you want to say the referees didn't have enough material – but they were both like, oh, yeah, that, that's clean. No, there was nothing clean. In fact, ESPN had a great photo of him, like, with basically his foot out of bounds while he's reaching. For, I mean, so it really, it should have been one touchdown. And let's be honest with ourselves. If he had been, the ball had gotten at the one, I'm pretty sure P. Ryan would have been the one taking it in after the Kelly injury. Uh, or no, Kelly was still in the game. Yep. So Kelly probably would have been the one that scored. So, so we're looking at him through the glasses of a gift touchdown, okay? Um I like him. I like him in PPR leagues, but I need frame of reference. Like somebody just tweeted me, like, would you rather have him or Terrence West? Well, Terrence West doesn't really catch the ball, so but he's completely reliant, on in my view, in on in on rushing yards. So in a PPR, especially if I don't care if these guys aren't guys, yep. like I'm going to start every bench. week. Might as well take G- a chance give on plus yeah. upside. Yeah.
0: Sure, yeah, I'd probably lean Mirage just because I feel like it's going to be inconsistent and tough to figure out when to play him, but
1: I love his I talent. Think that is so. the definition. Okay. So yeah, I guess he wouldn't mean Mirage because I I wouldn't be able to guess like three, four weeks ahead of time when he would be relevant. No.
0: All right. On to Buck Allen, the guy I wrote about last week, but I assume everyone listening to this is reading every one of my articles. So <laughs> you knew that. I liked him at USC. He had 40 plus catches his final year. I believe he had 40 plus catches his first year with the Ravens. He's, He's a back I really like, and I, I he out snapped West forty-two to fifteen last week. Is this real? Is he the legit starting back now, or is it going to be more splitting and back and forth trading who the the top runner is?
1: Jay, I think they're going to ride the, the hot guy every week, but um, it could be West this did, week. He did have six targets yesterday and five catches, for thirty-five, and he had a yep. receiving touchdown. Uh, what did he have? It looks like he had one hundred and one total yards for the day. Uh, 19 touches, that's certainly very productive. Yep. Um, here's the thing I need to reconcile. I need to have a real conversation with myself here. When I evaluate the Ravens, I need to stop looking at them as extremely boring to watch. <laughs> and they actually get stuff done on a fantasy level, even though they're, they're it's it's really hard to watch them play. Um, so maybe I need to start taking serious, this team seriously, and at the beginning of that kind of, you know, seeing, the, you know, come to Jesus' moment, I guess Allen would be the first guy that I need to accept of him being relevant.
0: I am in on Allen. I think he's for real. But, John, do you have a different different idea? I, I'm
2: mostly in on him. The fact that they they grabbed Alex Collins off the street and gave him seven carries and that he produced in those seven carries, 42 yeah. yards, I guess maybe worst case for, for Buck Allen, he gives them what they hoped they were getting with with Danny Woodhead. You know, he obviously has the pass-catching skills. And then he's capable of doing some of, if not all, of the feature-back work because we're talking about a a soft tissue injury for Terrence West. So I think he's going to be the guy that kind of gets left by the the side of the road. And uh, the hot hand is Allen. I think he's got a nice floor built in as the pass-catcher. And through this first month plus of, of fairly favorable matchups, unless Alex Collins comes steaming out of nowhere, I think Javoris Allen has, has got this backfield you know, two-thirds, three-fourths as, as the lead guy.
1: Do you characterize a soft tissue injury as a strain or a sprain or a tweak of the hamstring? Is uh, that what you would do? Sure.
0: I, Muscles or ligaments. Okay. Soft tissue is just not bones.
2: I, I, I like to refer to the soft tissue injury as the sprain pedendum because it, we don't know what's wrong with them, and it just it doesn't sound sounds t- it, like they're not being tough, and I certainly don't want to say an NFL player is not tough. So here's the We'll deal. just like, lump it into the soft tissue injury category.
1: I, I know this sounds weird, but I would rather have what happened to Greg Olson where he had a tiny hairline fracture of his foot and they repaired it through surgery today than a guy who can still walk like everybody else, but he's got a high ankle sprain or a midfoot sprain, you know, the old... Uh, Uh, Liz Frank Liz Liz Frank whatever they say it Um, I would rather have the guy with the hairline fracture that can be and it's a clean break where they can fix it up and boom he'll be ready in six to eight weeks compared to a guy who, who you're thinking about every week like I love Greg Olson, but I love the fact that I don't have to worry about him in my lineup for the next six weeks. I don't have to play that game like we're playing with Tyler Eifert, basically. Right, you know?
2: and and it's like a concussion, too. It's something you can see. Hey, sure. that bone is broken. We put a cast on it. You're out two to three, four to six, whatever it is, boom. If it's, oh, the high ankle sprain, oh, well, he seems to be walking around okay. Seems to be doing some, some dancing, you know, <laughs> I'm – but we don't know that you can't cut on it, sure. or, or the you know the foot injury or the the concussion. We know we don't know what the headaches or the dizziness yeah. or any of that stuff is like. So yeah, I like the clarity as well.
1: It's what we have with Odell Beckham tonight. Like exactly. say you have Odell Beckham, or you can go Golden Tate or Kenny Hall. Kenny Galladay. You've got some a major decision to make. Even though I know personally, if Beckham can play and he would do well, and I benched him. I, I won't be able to live with myself the next day, but I can live with myself if I start him, and he, he, he at least gave it a go the entire game.
2: Well, and here's a good opportunity to pimp uh, uh, one of the articles that we're building on, on Fanball, the uh, highly questionable article that John Holler is writing, where we're actually analyzing the data. Okay, you, this guy was questionable. Did he play or not play? Okay, if he played, how did he do? And last week, I think we had nine questionables. four of the nine played, and none of them delivered fantasy relevant stats. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to see if there's trend team trends, if there's player trends, if there's a league-wide trend. you know like he he touched on some guys like Julio Jones, who last year you had lots of decisions to make about Julio Jones, and it turned out that when he played, he didn't give you anywhere near Julio Jones. It wasn't worth putting him in your lineup. didn't he have 1800 yards? He, well, yeah, in, in <laughs> games in the games where he wasn't listed as questionable. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. 300 so, came in one game. <laughs> yeah, that, that certainly helps. So uh, keep an eye out for, for the highly questionable article. It comes out about the I same like time idea. as the, the first injury report on Wednesdays.
0: Nice. All right, let's, let's pair up these last four people we'll talk about today. The first pair, Chris Carson and Derrick Henry, it kind of looked like they were both stealing the starting role. Carson more so than Henry. But what do you think, John? Carson the lead dog, Henry the lead dog, or uh do you think Murray is still going to take it? Do you think Rawls might come back?
2: Uh, Carson is definitely taking the job and it's kind of the split that we were anticipating when we were talking about CJ Process in the uh, in the preseason. He's going to be the pass catching back. Carson is going to be what some people thought Lacey was going to be. Some people thought Rawls was going to be he's going to be the go-to between the tackles guy with he's he's got a little bit of pass catching ability to him as well i i think carson's the guy going forward uh can't wait to uh really unload uh, dfs wise with him uh against indy in a couple of weeks
0: 5600 this week for carson
2: and and tennessee it's not a horrible matchup but uh with the with the derrick henry thing yeah i know he's he's out carried and out gained like over whatever it is over the last six games but in four of those yeah murray was still the lead dog and now Murray's got the hamstring injury, and, and that's why he didn't play. So I want to see how significant that injury is. I think if they throw Henry to the Wolves against Seattle this week, um, people are going to be disappointed if, if they're planning on a big game from, from Derrick Henry. I think that's going to end up being still two-thirds, one-thirds Murray unless uh, Murray's hamstring injury turns out to be more than, than just a tweak.
0: Right. Jay, do you, do you, think, you think it's Carson's role, I assume?
1: I don't like this question. I really don't. <laughs> All right, let's that, move on. No, to, no, I like the question. I don't like answering it because okay. here's well, the deal. We're I, well as over much as I minutes, like ProSize so. Procise didn't have a single carry yesterday in that game. No, he's pass-casting so, back. No, but you're telegraphing you what you're doing When then. you have it's, Carson, you don't need to It's like when throw. the Eagles started Darren Sprouls yeah. yesterday. They tried to give him a couple carries to just kind of throw Kansas City off, but you're not fooling anyone. Like, when Procise comes in, you know they're going to throw to him. Like, Carson at least gives them the threat of doing both, where there's not a guy on the Seahawks outside of Carson that has the threat to do mm-hmm. both. Right. So it's one of those things where I don't love the question because – I don't know anything about Carson outside of seeing him yesterday in a couple of preseason games to know if he's going to be anything mm. right now. You know, so I'm very uncomfortable answering this question. <laughs> All right. That's fine. Because, but I will point out though, did you guys notice how many touchdowns Russell Wilson had on Sunday? Have they, have they scored yet? Just one to Paul Richardson. Just in the one. Band, right? one Paul so Richardson. do you remember my stat from Friday that eight of his last nine yeah. games against the 49ers? Just one. He had one, one touchdown. Just and, one. And, uh, um, Crazy. Man, it's I, I hate being right, but no, damn, you, don't. you know you Do that not. was something. But uh, it's it's I don't like these. I'm not a big fan of these running back by committee things. I don't know if any of these things are going to shake out to week six. Right. And that really, for somebody who's in like a highly competitive league, say you have two of the Seahawks right now, you're just wasting roster space while they're while they're trying to figure out this. When if you say you only six teams make the playoffs, four six in your league, you don't have time to de-ice you know what around with this situation so uh you know it drives me crazy that none of this stuff can ever get determined during the preseason so let's
0: let's go to the last two uh one is a former seahawk jermaine curse is tearing it up with the jets rashad higgins tore it up this last week with the browns are either of them a real thing are they going to be real fantasy thing this this year jay
1: let's start with you uh, well, I lost my notes here. Okay, what was the question again? I'm sorry. Uh, John, you you want to just go with? Uh, sure, okay. I'll
2: I'll jump in. Uh, I unfortunately I think both are Kirsten real. Curse and, and and Higgins, I I think are both real, but real in that. Hey, he's the best guy that Josh McCown's thrown to. Hey, he's the top Deshaun Kaiser receiver. I mean, there's just nothing else there. Brits had two catches. Coates has zero. Coleman's going to be out with the the hand injury. Um, the concern for me with with Curse is that you know Josh McCown isn't
1: garbage. awful garbage. He, he, I think that we said he wasn't garbage the yeah. other day. Yeah,
2: he's 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 close. He's not garbage. He's, he's refuse, but he's not, but good, not good. garbage. But if they have to go beyond him, then it gets even worse. I don't think there's any viable fantasy starter. But I think in a prop in the proper matchup, you can look to curse and Higgins as a low end helper as you know like a flex guy your fifth receiver on your bench during a bye week a, a guy to grab um, I'm not excited about this it this week this I, year too.
1: I like arguing with people but I I'm agreeing yep. with him 100 yep. percent uh curse is getting the targets no doubt and with the injury to Coleman in two weeks Higgins now I'm not a Kenny Britt fan or at least not at this point in my life Higgins had
0: snap Britt this week too
1: okay and Coates it's going to take time to learn. I don't think Coach has any track record with Hugh Jackson, so it's going to take a while to learn that offense. Why wouldn't it be Higgins? Like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with two of you right now. I don't want to start these guys, but at the same time, if I have to guess where the bread will be buttered for the Jets and Browns, and I think they play each other week five. How sad is that? Um, Might be them. I think those are the guys. Yeah. Uh, Browns play the Colts this weekend. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean that's that's an opportunity, and then the Bengals are a little banged up. They get the Bengals, and then they get the Jets. There's uh would you would you go into? You could build a heck of a lineup with the rest of yeah. your team, and then two of your receivers are I, I Higgins have, and Pierce. Yeah,
0: exactly. I have to imagine that even if they perform this week, their prices will not go up that well, that's much. That's the thing. Like you, forty four hundred and thirty six hundred. Even if Kearse you Higgins, admit that they're
1: the best players, you don't ever want to. Be, it's like someone catching you on like a motorbike at this age in your lifetime, where you, they're a lot of fun to be on, but you don't want to be caught on one. You don't ever want to be caught in a lineup card endorsing Jerm, Jerm, Jermaine Curtis or Richard Higgins.
0: Unless you know. it works
1: and you win, then you can shove it in everyone's hands. <laughs> yeah, <face>. but... Yeah. <laughs> so. You, there's so many options. Do you really want to pick... Like, all the games we just named, the 2V playing the Browns... I mean, the Browns playing the Colts, Jets, Bengals. Does anyone foresee any of those three games being high-scoring? You don't want to... You don't want to, you know, put your, you know, attach your. Uh, it, it depends your, on what your you're playing too, to because
0: yeah. I mean they might be low percentage owned. So if you, it, it
1: depends on what you're playing too. So. Well, I need the Look. price to go down for that to be the case, <laughs> and you know, I need the price to go down. Hey,
0: yeah, you can get both of them for eight thousand right now this week on Fanball.
1: Yeah, it's a little high. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I want that thirty-five hundred dollar okay. guy that I can okay. that I can embrace. Yeah.
0: All right, we've been on for a while. Let's get on out of here. Thanks for listening today. Uh, for John Tuvey at J Tuvey on Twitter, for Jay Clemens at min underscore J Clemens, and for myself Scott Fish at Scott Fish24. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.